Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast, episode 113, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And I am your lovable co-host, Tony. Hang on, we've got to get your levels going right. Is this you? Me? Is this me? Is this me? Who? No, it's you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> am, uh, I, am I top or bottom? Um, you are top. I knew it. You <laughs> look such a bottom. <laughs> power bottom <laughs> yeah that would be you <laughs> um, um welcome back to a, another week we're stringing a few together now finally um getting on a roll um first things first how have the socials been social media manager social media manager has made a strong start oh yeah this is uh one of the things i wanted to by whose account so I, by I, your standards by my standards okay uh, we think like my last like Instagram post, my own Instagram was like seventeen months ago. So, <laughs> in fact, I've done four posts in a week. Okay. The new social media manager is he's he's been looking for content, delivering yeah. fresh content. Even a teaser for this week's episode was delivered last night. I did see that. You probably saw my like. I did. <laughs> uh, I loved that like. Um, so. Uh, four times as many posts as the week before. If anyone needs to slide into anyone's DMs, um, you now know you can reach Tony on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know if I got the stamina that I do four in a week again. <laughs> like it. four in a week is I a knew lot. It. That's a lot. I knew you would go early. Most people don't do it four times in a week. Well, yeah. yeah Most well, people don't. No, they don't. So uh, <laughs> we'll see if we can. I even did two in one day. Yeah, I saw that. <sighs> I mean, I saw all of these. <laughs> Um, it's also on my phone so yeah so but enjoyed it it did did enjoy it actually oh yeah, yeah? crafted a few um what was it the is that the fridge yeah that's the fridge which was a subject of one of those uh posts the, the honorary third member of the podcast from now on <laughs> is the fridge yeah we should get some headphones for it and a mic <laughs> yeah just the odd so jingle it's like you can keep up with that yeah yeah it's like fridge you have something to say and you knock the fridge, you'll bang the fridge, or we jingle, or we were motor to life. You can probably hear it once we run out of beer number one. Yeah. You can line up beer number two. Even do a uh, zero alcohol beer. Yeah. 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 Keep we've us, got we're keep responsible drinkers. Keep ahead in the game. Yeah. Well, you can have as many beers as you want. You're, you're, you get to stay here. I can I have to drive. I only want one. That's the thing about me. Yeah. You probably don't want lots of beers anyway. One is I'm, all you need. Probably wouldn't be that responsible for you and your young, <laughs> young family. Yeah. <laughs> you can come and... Uh, steamed from the podcast (laughs) (laughs) um so the end of the last episode we kind of left it on a cliffhanger we happened to stumble across so so last week's very homegrown feeling from last week last week was all about um the new zealand mysteries um from the book we'd picked up Mm -hmm. um then we ended the show with a fan favorite uh, mystery uh, what is it called get me some, some strange, strange where yeah. we flick through the 1982 reader's digest version fan of favorite of but forgettable segment <laughs> yeah. get me some strange. oh no i'm not a fan so it's oh, not yeah, my favorite <laughs> you forget that hey you like my instagram post <laughs> to be some mm. of a fan i like i likes i likes my i likes what i sees yeah. on instagram um 
so uh, we happened to stumble across a New Zealand mystery in that that book about flicking to random mm. mysteries, um, which was kind of poignant. Because um, we'd had in that episode the mystery of my missing cleaner. Yep. Um, we'd had the Mohau Man, yep. which is a famous New Zealand mystery-ish. <laughs> yeah. we had the mystery of the low budget um kickstarter documentary film that was never made that's the same one though oh i was related okay yeah related <laughs> um we'll give you that old mark shout out to him he made it the instagram this week i saw that it feels like we need permission but we'll uh, originally i was like do i need permission <laughs> for this I'm like nah let's get him up there we're journalists they don't ask permission exactly right that was in the public domain sure sure (laughs) Um, and then yes in the return of get me some strange we uh stumbled across probably new zealand's biggest ufo story would you say i have to say it's it's the biggest yeah we've covered a couple of new zealand ufo stories on this uh, podcast in the past we've had the flaps the flaps the phantom airship flaps Mm -hmm. Uh, we've had some um black triangles in the far north of this country that's right yep um and so had a we, blenheim blenheim uh paddock ufo where the person the old lady in the paddock saw occupants of a flying object correct yeah i think uh, that's all we've had isn't it until i, until, I believe so yeah until now until until now so um we thought we would kick off this uh this episode as a series of two episodes around what's probably new zealand's biggest mysteries but before we do that we'll get a couple of admins out of the way um, so, you, um, first admin being, um, I'm thinking I need to fire my social media manager. What? He's doing such a good job. What are you talking about? <laughs> he he does this thing where he always talks about himself in the third person. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> when I was thinking about how to do it, I thought... You mean when he was thinking yeah, about Yeah, when he was thinking about how he would do it, he thought that it would be nothing more irritating <laughs> than to talk in the third person. Yeah, right. to, to be honest, though, the episode descriptions are written in the third person as well, and I write those. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, so It's, it's a natural of, fit. It's kind of carrying on the theme of the weird third person. Okay, It's yeah. like we employ... Also, what I wanted to feel like is that there's somebody who... We're paying somebody who does this. Yeah. Okay. Which we aren't. All right. We don't get paid for this. We're definitely not paying anything. No, but it makes it seem more... I, I, I guess it seems there's a bit more credibility to the show. Um, do you want to mention this week's sponsor? Uh, yeah, sure. That was me throwing you under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> so this week's sponsor is... Um, do we have another person to <laughs> shout out to? I do you want to shout out to the guy who made the decal on the fridge? I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this sound professional. Okay. No, I paid that guy in beer. Yeah, well, maybe get half the beers back and so we gave him a shout out <laughs> on our podcast. I'm good. Um, Blue Apron. Okay. Me, me yeah. undies. Yeah, me undies. Um, what's the other? Squarespace. Squarespace.com. Yeah. Um, those earbuds. Yeah. Oh, those Ray, Ray, Raycon earbud, earbuds. They seem to be popping in. They're, yeah. Audible.com. Yeah. <laughs> That's another goodie. And none of these are affiliated with the show, um, unfortunately. Well. Maybe one day. You say that, but. What if we just started advertising for these companies? State the, Farm. We should just start advertising for these companies in the show just to give us credibility. I think so, yeah. And we back that, after a word That is actually, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. I was giving you the setup, but you didn't take the bait. No, I did not take the bait. Um, what should we use not, around uh, here? How about uh, your junk pile? Anything in the junk pile? Um, junk pile... Mm, probably not what about my um my golf clubs they look like something sir bob charles would have used in the 30s yeah yeah is the um 
Here we go. What have you found? What have you spotted in my garage that is you think is worthy of sponsoring the show? The umbrella. Oh, yeah. we bought that. There's another one somewhere. Yeah, it's over yeah. there because they're very colourful. Yeah, we. Um, they we, don't. They look new. They were. But for, they look old-fashioned. They were for the baby shower. Ah, so we right. had rainbow um, uh, umbrellas up. But enough about that. This is a paranormal show, and rainbow <laughs> umbrellas don't doth pay no bills. So well, not at the moment. Not like that attitude. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what would be worthy of a sponsor. Um, I there, guess, over there, that banner. I was Lights in the, the Sky. This podcast is brought <laughs> to you by Lights in the Sky Podcast. I was thinking we shouted out the, the beer that we're drinking at the moment, and um, yeah. that would be a good sponsor. See, that was one thing I was going to pull you up on. Social media managers should know that when you're posting a picture of a beer fridge, you tag that beer company. I didn't know if I was allowed to. What do you mean? I don't know if I'm allowed to. Allowed to? What sort of a social media manager well, are you? Because we may be. We, what if we end up sponsoring? What if we end up having another beer on board, and we've already tagged out a, a Waka Changi? We're going to have to hide all reference to that. Oh, no, you've mentioned it by name. Damn it! Uh, and zero alcohol Heineken yeah. too. <laughs> See that you got to do that because then they might friend friend you. They might send you free stuff when this makes it big, like tonight when I put it up. <laughs> Very good, very well. Next agenda item. Now that we've got sponsors out of the ro- out of the way, this episode is brought to you by Lights in the Sky podcast. It's the casual chat about the uncasual things. Two New Zealanders meet up in a garage every week and drink beer and talk about beer. <laughs> <laughs> Line. <laughs> yeah, it's real solid effort on that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's all we could afford was... Um, some two-bit podcast to sponsor our podcast. Nice. Okay. Um, right. Well, well, let's move along from this because... Damn, I just insulted the sponsor. <laughs> Go. Uh, okay. So next item here is the missing cleaner. We have officially decided to call Go, off the search. Go your separate ways. Okay. Uh, extensive, extensive, uh, exhaustive search and... <clears throat> search and rescue efforts turned up nothing. Yep. So she's dead to us now. Okay, I'm glad you um, said to us. <laughs> and uh, currently going to market for a new cleaner. To market? Mm. To like a rickett in market? Uh, uh, RFP. RFP for new cleaners. What's maybe that? just an RFQ. What's RFP? Uh, RFP is request for proposal, but maybe this is just more of a request for a quote. So like a tender? Good. Yeah, a tendering process. Okay. Can I apply? No. Oh, why? Because you, you live nowhere near me. So? Why is that your problem? Because you'll charge me travel time. Would I? I don't know. You haven't so heard my RFQ. Like you, would do. you haven't heard my RFQ oh, FQ. yet. <laughs> <laughs> FQU. <is well. laughs> okay. Um, what does it pay? Nothing. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. It's $25 cashy. <clears throat> cashy? Cashy. Cashy? Cashy? You implying I wouldn't pay my taxes on that cash? Cashy. Nah, you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, speaking of cashy, in the, the, the next link <clears throat> segment um, of people who let me down recently, we've got the cleaner and the plumber. Okay. So I'm not sure if I mentioned it the other week, but um, had also tried to get a plumber and to do some uh, new bathroom renovation work. You mentioned we were going to play Will It Flush with your new toilet. Yeah, that, related? That, so yeah, well, we still haven't got the toilet in. Okay. So the plumber just did the same thing as the cleaner, just ghosted us. 
Really? Yeah, I was totally ghosted by the plumber. Maybe it's something about you. Maybe you've got a time phone where it's actually calling like three years in the future. So I went to Hamner Springs, which is an alpine village uh, not far from Christchurch, about an hour and a half north of Christchurch where I live, and um, saw the plumber there. Awkward. So this was about this was about three weeks ago, and we saw him driving towards us as we were going up to the motel, and then spun around and saw him pull over and go play mini golf. Like you've got time for mini golf, but you can't reply to a message about our plumbing. What was his stroke count like? I wasn't looking at how he was stroking. <laughs> I was fuming. Uh, but then, but you love mini golf too. I know. For him to slap you in the face I with know. such a beloved art as mini golf, slap me in the face with a four iron. <laughs> It's a sandwich. It's not really what you use a mini sandwich. Golf. I don't know. <laughs> a putter. Anyway, <laughs> I should know. I've got Bob Charles. Oh yeah, shout out to Bob Charles, <laughs> who's like what ninety. He's a golfer who's a New Zealander. Yeah, no one knows. No one knows. Well, no Pri- one listening knows. Privileged sorry, white, sorry, sorry, Bob privileged Charles. white guy for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing shade at a ninety-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. Come at me, Bob. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, ended up getting somebody else in to quote. Yeah. Uh, so haven't got the quote back yet. And then, lo and behold, last night, oh, hey, it's a uh, name plumber here. Uh, sorry. Your Norma message, Plumber. Your message. We'll, we'll call them Norma Plumber. <laughs> your message fell through Norma's cracks. Oh, no. <laughs> is the 8th of September okay? And is it? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should reply. I'm still angry at this guy. You're going to ghost him back. So currently he's being ghosted back. That is correct. Mm, how long? Does, how long has this ghosting session well, been? Well, since now? last night. Okay, so it's not that sh- long. It's a small ghost yeah. so far. Interesting. Well, that's kind of paranormal ghosting someone. Yeah, <laughs> we could argue. So I will see what the quote is. I've sort of got his quote. I'll see what the other quote is, and in the way I've sort of run an informal RFQ myself. <laughs> you kind of by have. being ghosted by one person. Yep. Nice one. Everybody yeah. wins. Uh, um, I know a plumber as well. If you needed another, right. Yes. Which would do mates' rates. Nice. Well, this is what when the other I don't guy. I about cashies, I assume well, they're above board. Well, when the other guy came around um, to give me the quote um, on Tuesday, I think it was, mm-hmm. and he, I said that we'd had a plumber lined up and let us down, and the plumber straight away was like, Was he in for a cashie? What? I was like, Sorry? Was he, in for a, was he in for a cashie then? Why was Lee Hart your plumber? <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> uh,. And like obviously, I was like, no, 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 it's gonna be legit. Like the guy's actually, he's done work for me before. Like he put my hot water cylinder, and I just paid regular rates. Like is that the one that you um, cut up and put in everyone else's red bins? No, that was the neighbor at the back. <laughs> and it wasn't just red bins; it was you every lifted other on thing. the nature strip. It wasn't well, yeah, that's right. It wasn't just pizza boxes that go in the um, organics bin. Mm. In that case, uh, so no, I had to defend myself from the accusation of of, of a cashy. Okay. So I was like, no, it was it was above board. It wasn't a cashy. Do we, does, people know what cashies are, right? It makes sense. I assume cashies are universal. Just a cash job. It's a job where you pay under cash to get a lower rate. Pay and, under the table. And the implication is that you get it cheaper because someone may exempt themselves from paying tax yeah. on said cash. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because it leaves your house, goes straight to the nearest bottle store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you carry on well, that's another, to the that, TAB. Well, that's another form of currency as well around jobs is you pay people in alcohol. Yeah, I mean, sticker. Yeah, sticker there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if people, I'm sure people will do that elsewhere. Um, Box okay. of beers. So just waiting to I've see. I've never done it. I'm above board, squeaky clean, just in case. Mm. <laughs> and if I have, it's alleged. 
<laughs> so move on. Yeah, okay, we'll move along. Wait. <laughs> Wait, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> Your first job was a cashie. You were you were on the regular cash. And, and, I, and you weren't? <laughs> yeah, I'm accusing you. That's not how this works. I think I got you that job. You did. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a fine job. Wait, I didn't... You got that on your own accord. I didn't implicate myself by setting someone up to get <laughs> ongoing regular cashies. Anyway, I wasn't a cashie, but I, I felt like I was accused. We were 15, 16, mm. 17 at the time. That's it. We're moving on. I remember, like, we were delivering delivering stuff, and I was ordered to bike halfway up the hill to some place. Mm. Came back late, and then I was told off for not being fast enough on my bike. I never they got that. They sent me half the way up the hill. They sent me to the same place, and I was always fast. Yeah, but and you're punctual. a rugby league star. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a medal. I've got a trophy here to prove it. What for? Delivering meters at farm. Yeah, there's that trophy I was meant to give back the year after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, did you implicate yourself again? Uh, uh, moving on. Moving what other agenda items do so you have? So, the last thing I have is related again to domestic travel. Um, so, there's, there's another sort of day trip that, uh, or not day trip, a, a short jaunt away for the night that people around this part of the world do. So, we've got Hamner Springs and we've got Akaroa. Mm-hmm. So Hamner Springs is in the mountains, Akaroa is on the harbour, I'm going to Akaroa tomorrow night. Okay. Booked a room, realised when I looked, circled back, that I'd booked a queen disability unit at a motel. Ooh. What does that mean? So it, I just thought it was a queen queen unit, like a queen bedroom. Like for drag queens, yeah. Yeah, for queens, for us queens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, queen. And... Realised that it was actually like disabled bedroom shower, like kittle out for somebody in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, I know the ones. I often, I often get, I want to say, get lumped with those ones when um, I go on like work trips and stuff. Yeah. It's the sort of shower where you could wheel right in you and just, just flood pull the a bar- and you flood the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've been in these before when I've booked a bedroom and ended up in a disability unit, but I have never booked one and stayed in one. Like on purpose. Almost. Yeah. So w- when I realised it, I was like. It's like sleeping in a disabled car park, you know, slash park. Sleeping in a disabled car park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So I felt... So is parking in one for a start. <laughs> and then or going parking, to sleep. Parking my car and sleeping in it. Um, so I felt like, should I not be doing this? Is this is this wrong? Have you just been that guy who's gone into the dis- disabled cubicle in the loose when others may be free? And a disabled person may turn up, but have, can't have, anymore. Uh, no, I mean, like, this is your, the metaphor is that's what you've just done. That's what, what it feels like. So yeah. now somebody who is disabled can't come stay there because, like, like accommodation was nearly completely sold out. Mm. So I ended up cancelling the booking. Uh-oh. This feels thought, like it's going I just really don't well. Wanna, I just don't want to go now. Oh, my God. And ended up, there was another place that popped up that I was able to book and secure then. <laughs> But not too much more. But I just felt so bad about it. And then I checked back and like everything had sold out, including the Queen Disability Unit. So somebody's in there. So I'm going to find out who they are. You should go anyway and make sure they are able to walk. Yeah, I will be staking out the La Rochelle Motels. Here we go. Queen Disability Unit. He's he's name dropped them. I assume they're a sponsor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They might be after this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to see where that person... Is living up to their disabled creed or not? You're going to be like 
Who's that middle boy, Brady? Yeah, I was gonna knock on the door. Yeah, but like you have your little um, hole hole monitor. Yeah, they don't wheel themselves on. out to me. <laughs> well, you can be a, you can be in a um, in a disabled park without needing a wheelchair. Yeah, but you don't need a disabled unit if. What are your thoughts on the um, parents with pram parks? You know those ones. Yep. They say expectant mothers and new parents, I believe. I think it's fine. I'm all good with that. What if... I wouldn't and I was thinking about this uh, the other day when I went to pick up my groceries. What if... Because I saw this happen. A couple pulled in there. They had kids in the car. Fine. But then the what I assume is the mum ran in and grabbed stuff and came back out. Are the kids staying in the car? Yeah. And who's looking after the kids? The dad. Then you shouldn't be parking there. That's what that's what I thought. Yeah, it's it's designed for ease of movement for parents with getting like strollers and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, hmm. but no, you can't park there if you're not getting out. You're not using it for its purpose. Hmm. I'll remember that next time I do that. Tow them away. <laughs> Tow them away. Yeah. Okay, with the family in the car. Yeah. Okay. Under your own Accord, or <laughs> I'll make sure own... I get a strop and yeah. put it in my boot on your Honda Accord. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, well, there's a sufficient amount of uh, bollocks being spoken. 21 minutes? 21 minutes, roughly. <clears throat> yeah. Should we then kick into the main event? Sure. So, um, what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to outline the events of 30th of December and a few of the surrounding dates. Yeah, you're, getting a, you're actually getting a two-for-one, no, three-for-one UFO case on this one. Are we? Yes. <laughs> we're saying that quietly because we can both hear someone walking yeah. past <laughs> I heard have you guys still got, have you got your bag that's what I heard <laughs> like, yes I have <laughs> shut up um, <laughs> shut up dad <laughs> sorry about that that's the thing about Tony is he's not scared of shouting at strangers <laughs> yeah um However, it's my house. Particularly when they park in a parent's car park. And I'm embarrassed about it. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. So, in this episode, we're going to outline the events um, as told by... Two separate events, three separate cases. As told by... Or is it two separate cases, (laughs) three separate events? Hmm. It's one of those two. I I think it's the second one, but let's find out. I think it's the second one. I think... You be the judge. Let's find out together. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. And you can make your own mind up at the end. So um, this is what what went down as far as Mm. what? Witnesses? Yeah, so this is describing the event, the witnesses, uh, the people involved. Mm -hmm. Um, This is part one of 12 on the series. Yeah, and uh, next week will be the last uh, part of it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we've got part one this week, and then parts 11 and 11. 1, so 2 through through 12. The 11 11 next part. So one part this week, 11 parts next week, split over two episodes. (laughs) Two-parter with 12 parts. (laughs) One part this week, 11 parts, and part two next week. You got it? Done. Makes sense? And that makes and that's funny because it's funny to you because we decided you're doing this one and I'm doing the next yeah. one. So um I'll bring all eleven mini parts to the party next week. Yeah. Mini parts, I got my hair part. <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
at the end of 1978 uh just one more thing um i i forgot one last admin one last piece of admin i figured out how to get a third microphone working so if any of you are passing through a satellite town around christchurch we've never said which one um, but slide into Ton's DMs and you can be a guest on the show. Yeah, social media manager, we'll get back to you. <laughs> At the end of 1978, Australasia... It's a ooh, truck, carry on. Uh, ...was in the grip of UFO fever. On October 21 of that year, 20-year-old Australian Frederick Valentich disappeared while piloting a small... Heard this one. ...182 Heard this one already. ...on a training flight over Bass Strait while heading to King Island in Tasmania. So, yes. Heard we, this one. Move on. Did we actually cover this? We did, didn't we? Yeah. We covered this in full. Yes. Yeah. So, this is a reminder. Valentich radioed Melbourne Air Traffic Control at 7.06pm to report that an unidentified aircraft was following him at 4,500 feet. He was told there was no known traffic at that level. Valentich said he could see a large aircraft, which appeared to be illuminated by four bright landing lights. He was unable to confirm its type, but said it had passed about 1,000 feet overhead and was moving at high speed. Valentich called back in and said the aircraft was orbiting above him, and that he had a shiny metal surface with a green light on it. He also reported that, it was, that he was experiencing engine problems. Asked to identify the aircraft, Valentich radioed, It's not an aircraft! before his transmission was suddenly interrupted by unidentified noises described as being metallic, scraping sounds. All contact was lost. A sea and air search was undertaken, and an RAAF, which is the Royal Australian Air Force, Lockheed P... P Lockheed P3, right? I don't know if that's right. No. That's not right. That's This is wrong. This copy is wrong. Um, Funny I didn't pick up on that when I uh, wrote it or copied and pasted it. Sea <laughs> uh, and air search was undertaken and an RAAF uh, P-3 Orion aircraft and eight civilian aircraft joined in. The search encompassed over a thousand square miles, but no trace was found of Freddy. So I'll stop you there. Um, I've just been uh, scrolling through trying to find uh, the episode where we went in depth into um, Valentich and it's... Uh, as, as a full episode so just that one disappearance I've got a bit distracted because our uh, our um, episode titles are cracking me up <laughs> here's a few of my favourites um, and it just brings back memories so for those of you playing at home uh, you may remember episode 91 chill out Phil I don't spud um, <laughs> like, what was that about <laughs> that was when you when you were Gas man Phil oh. told you you couldn't cook potatoes <laughs> because, <right. laughs> because uh, you had a small gas bottle. Yeah. Um, we have, um, this is poignant, your friendly neighborhood Japanese cleaner. Maybe oh. you want to listen to that one and you could ring them. They're too expensive though. They, <laughs> wouldn't, they would not make it through the second round in the RFQ. Okay. Um, impossible bullshit. Um, the tro Tropical Adventures of Adolf Schüttelmeier and Friends. Oh, that's when like Hitler was like uh, changed his name and was that that one or not? I don't know. Yeah, that was he the was one. he went to South America in a yep. submarine or something. Yeah, yep. and uh, yeah, and it was basically there was photos of Hitler with a without a moustache and he's like 80, 80 now. Um, Is there also was that the same one as hashtag Furescaping or was that another? Yeah, I think that's the same one. Yeah. Yep. Um, a golden anniversary showered in strange oh, that was episode 50 
Uh, your favorite. When the ship goes down, you better be ready. I do like that one. Yeah. I know your favorite was past the DC on the starboard side. So what I'm saying, everyone, is go back UFO through yeah. go back through your feed. You're obviously listening to this in some sort of feed, and just appreciate those titles. We take great pride in coming agonize. up with. We do titles. agonize over them. We really do. Yeah. Uh, some of them are well worth a look. Um, so as you were. So speculation has endured since that Valentich and his aircraft were abducted by extraterrestrials or whoever was on board. Oh yeah, I forgot to say, I, I just couldn't find that episode. So Okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, there you go. Unfortunately, that's, none that's, of our episode that's titles That's kind of help. all you need to know. <laughs> really? Like, what was that? Like, three paragraphs? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of all you need to know about that one. And just know that our episode titles aren't going to help you no they're not they're too funny to be useful yeah the descriptions <laughs> sometimes have enough information in them but even that doesn't always help okay yeah. carry on so the point of mentioning this one is um two months later in december 1978 sorry i just got an alert that my camera at home has picked up motion on the driveway and i touched it accidentally trying to dismiss it and now i've closed my notes oh yeah so is it another man stealing your underwear <laughs> Because that was the last time uh, I received a, um, a gift from you. We put that on on the socials. You got yeah. a package delivered and someone came up behind the courier. Nick and, my knickers. And they stole your undies. Yeah. Um, we got them on video. Didn't have the camera on the other side, though, which didn't get a full <laughs> frontal. Yeah. But now I've got a full frontal in my undies, I think. Carry on. So, yes, I'm mentioning this because two months later, in uh, December 1978, a spectacular series of sightings occurred over New Zealand's South Island skis. These skies. skies. These sightings initially began on December 21, when the crew of an Argosy cargo plane observed strange lighted objects around their aircraft. The lights appeared on ground and airborne radar and were sighted by hundreds of people. So this is the event known as the Kaikoura Lights, and it is referenced in Scott Bainbridge's multi-award... Nominated? Not even nominated. Multi-awards, he wish he won book, New Zealand Mysteries. Correct. Correct. On December 31, 1978, a television crew recorded a similar event on ground... No. Here we go. On film. <laughs> Different to <laughs> on, ground. On board another Argosy aircraft carrying... Uh, no. <laughs> oh, come on, Ant. Come on. Here we go. On December 31, 1978, a television crew recorded a similar event on film on board another Argosy cargo aircraft flying between Wellington and Christchurch. The UFOs were filmed, tracked by air traffic control, and observed by witnesses simultaneously with one of the objects following the aircraft until it landed. Well, almost landed, I guess. John Cordy is a retired air traffic controller from Wellington. He is the only living air traffic controller from the Kaikoura light sightings in 1978. Now, that article was written about two years ago, so I do not know if he's still alive. So let's just Carry hope on. he is. Carry on. Cordy, who is either with us or... Against us? Or against us, yeah. <laughs> or resting in peace somewhere. Uh, was working the graveyard. Oh, God. Jeff. Come on. Where are you Come going Come on, with what's this? happening with this? <laughs> Cordy, what are you doing to me? It doesn't look... It doesn't bode well. Cordy, who hopefully is still alive, was working the graveyard shift, which is the name for that back-of-the-clock shift, on the, at Wellington Airport on the evening of December 21, 1978. He described the night as being as clear as gin, 
not a cloud in the sky. Mm. That's an interesting take. I like that too, yeah. Close to midnight, Cordy and his colleague, Andy Hurd, observed three dots moving in an elliptical motion on the airport's radar off the coast of Kaikoura, 150 kilometres southwest of Wellington. Given it was late December, this is could have got a bit of a funny coming up here, so prepare yourselves. Given it was late December, John says he and Andy had joked the strange dots on their radar system were Santa Claus and Rudolph test driving the sleigh. You take all of the steam out of the joke by putting a weird pronunciation on it. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> Andy, is that Santa Claus? <laughs> The situation became a little more serious, though, as they received a phone call from Blenheim Airport, 70 kilometres west of Wellington across the Cook Strait, saying they could see what looked like aircraft landing lights nearby. No aircraft were due to land at Blenheim Airport at that time. That bit in itself, I was like, that's really interesting. That Because um, now you'd think there's so much traffic around that it would just kind of go without saying mm. that there was a plane landing. <laughs> Whereas there, they're like, that looks like a plane landing. I wasn't told about this. Yeah. Let's ring someone. <laughs> I'm outraged. Yeah. Why wasn't I told? Yeah. Phone calls subsequently came in from the Blenheim police and members of the public further down the coast towards Kaikoura. Sight reporting strange lights in the sky. Shout out. Is it a sponsor? It's us. Oh, that's our sponsor. Yeah, us. <laughs> <laughs> Around 1am, an Argosy cargo plane took off from Blenheim, destined for Christchurch Airport, 250 kilometres to the south. The pilot reported to air traffic controller Cordy that the lights from the objects on radar were indeed airborne. The pilots described one light as being as large as a house and said there were others that were, while smaller, were flashing brilliantly. Mm -hmm. On the return journey north, the Argosy aircraft once again encountered the lights abeam Kaikoura. The crew radioed in that the lights were so bright that they lit up the sea surface several thousand feet below. At 3.25am, the pilots of another southbound Argosy suddenly saw a bright object shooting towards them from the east. The crew reported it covered 24 kilometres in five seconds. Ooh. Can you do that? A uh, couple more Waka Changies, maybe. Yeah, you can do that. Nice. Yeah. And described it was a pear-shaped orb with a reddish tinge. Mm -hmm. Is pear-shaped a body shape? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Learned that in third form health. Oh, nice. Yeah. What other body shapes are there? Apple? Banana? I assume Cucumber? apple. Cucumber. <laughs> I'm a cucumber-shaped man. Yeah. You look like Pickle Rick. Yeah. There. <laughs> By 4.30am, the lights had disappeared from Cordy's radar, and the pilots could no longer see them either. So this is the bit around this event that I wasn't that familiar with, that there was actually two nights of this. Yep. That we had the, the first evening, which was uh, the 21st of December, and then there was a second event on the 30th of December, where yeah. the lights uh, came back. That's right. Um, and I think that's why they got such good footage, because they basically were like, we're going to go do it again. Let's take all the cameras and whatnot as well. <clears throat> so a producer from Melbourne's Channel Zero, I remember we got caught on this during Get Me Some Strange last week. We were like, Channel Zero? Do they mean Channel 10? Yeah, because we, you, you were familiar with it being Channel 10? Yeah, so I assume. a producer for Melbourne's Channel Zero, now Channel 10, Leonard Lee, heard the news and tracked down reporter Quentin Fogarty, who worked for the channel but was on a vacation in Christchurch. 
Lee had covered the disappearance of Valentich two months earlier and had retained an interest in the case. So there, there is your Valentich connection. Don't look at me like that. There it is. Don't look at me like that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. A, <laughs> contribution. What do you think, It's got quite a rattle to it. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember thinking it was you and Cookie staying in my house in Auckland. Mm. And I remember you complaining to me the next morning about the state of my fridge being very rowdy. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. I, I don't remember it happening, like, but sorry, I probably sorry, did. Sorry about that. Because like, you two were spooning on the futon, I think? I definitely don't remember that. <laughs> Somebody was spooning on the futon. <laughs> I don't think it was me. <laughs> Cookie's, Cookie's a tall man. He, maybe he was spooning himself. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hmm. Um, on the night of the 30th of December 1978... Fogarty was invited aboard Safe Air's Argosy aircraft, ZKSAE, that is the registration. And the aircraft was named the Merchant Enterprise. This episode is also brought to you by Cooked Video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> For all your, hang on, you pad while I Google what's his website. So the, the type of aircraft, the Merchant Enterprise, uh, was a another Argosy freighter and i believe this aircraft is actually preserved adjacent to um blenheim airport or in a museum somewhere there's definitely an argosy outside blenheim airport i believe or it could be a bristol freighter anyway i believe this aircraft is preserved based on the very shallow dive i did now i'm thinking about it i think it's a bristol freighter outside blenheim airport and it might be an argosy in the museum i'll go with you on that Good. Are you ready to come in here, or are we still padding? Um, I think I found it. HaydenCook.co. Oh, that's right. .co.co. <laughs> if you wanted to know that, I could have told you that. Yeah, I forgot. This uh, <laughs> was Cooked Video or Cooked Productions. HaydenCook.co for all your motion graphics needs. Is that Hayden doing an ad for Hayden? Uh, yes. Wow. Spelt differently. Yeah. Uh, one is Hayden brand tungsten paint scraper. And one is a man called Hayden. (laughs) (laughs) So pilots um, Bill Startup and Bob Gard were taking the Argosy on a newspaper run between Wellington and Christchurch. It's Uh, really hard to find any more information on, um, was it Bob, Bill Startup? Bob Startup? Bill Startup Bill and Startup. Bob Guard. Because Startup's a word now that's like a buzzword. So it's it's so clogged with like, here's how to make your startup rich. <laughs> here's, <laughs> yeah, here's the top it, 10 most successful startups and Bill Startup yeah. doesn't feature. It'd be really hard list. now. It is such a buzz term. Yeah. Because he wrote a book called The Kaikoura Lights. And uh, I struggled to find it in amongst all the startups. Do you think Bill Startup had his own startup around the... Authoring and production um, yeah, of books. Must have been. Must have. Back before it was called a startup. Yeah. Other than the man being called a startup. Bill Startup. Mr. Startup. Mr. To you, startup. Sonny. Cap- Captain Startup. <laughs> so nice like it started. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a freelance Wellington cameraman, another famous name, David Crockett, was also hired to document the flight. David Crockett. I get it. Yeah. You know? Move on. From uh, wearing raccoons on his head. Is that right? Coonskin hats. Yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Shortly after takeoff, Wellington Air Traffic Control reported a sizable radar target straight ahead of the aircraft. Wellington Control warned them Sierra Alpha Echo, and I picked up an error here. The original thing here said Sierra Alpha Eagle. And Oof. I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. 
it's echo. Has it ever been right? No. It's always been echo, right? It's always echo, yeah. Yeah. Carry on. Sierra Alpha Echo, you have a target in formation with you. Target has increased in size. So did the person say the wrong thing, or did the transcript type it wrong? <laughs> I think they typed it wrong. Yeah, right. It isn't, in, it isn't in the book, but it isn't another source I used for this. Okay. And I was like, hmm, I don't think that's right. Uh, so Sierra Alpha Eagle, you have a target <laughs> in formation with you. Target has increased in size. The object was not visible to anyone on board the aircraft. Only a few minutes later, however, bright flashing lights appeared visually to the pilots on radar east of the Kaikoura Peninsula. Uh, they rapidly approached the aircraft and seemed to pass above it. Captain Bill Startup shouted to us that we should come up to the flight deck immediately, says Crockett. Four or five lights had appeared directly in front of the aircraft. I was able to see these bright lights coming and going. Quentin Fogarty was a real mess and started shaking. Oof. Jeez, tell about, like, this this guy, this Crockett mother <laughs> has been hired to do this, and he throws old Quince under the bus, mm-hmm. or out of the aircraft, whatever you, whatever you want to say, yep. because he got, he shed himself when he saw some lights. <laughs> did he? That's what it sounds That's like. That's what he says he did. I was able to see these bright lights coming and going. Quinn and Fogarty was a real mess and shed himself. Mm. started shaking sorry <laughs> close sorry but still i was thinking something and i i just i read it instead of yeah, yeah anyway see i read it i thought it was that was it quentin fogarty that has the the famous line um yes the nice little quip yeah. see that sounds to me like he was cool calm and collect yeah whereas this guy saying i think that old david crockett was pissed off that Quentin had that cool line and later reports is that line like, coming up it's coming up okay of course it's looking, coming up I'm really looking it was forward the subject, to that it was the title of the book he wrote on it I want a bumper sticker with that on for my bumper nice <laughs> good place to put it Christchurch air traffic control uh, Christchurch air traffic control's radar confirmed an unidentified target uh, was tracking parallel with the Argosy prior to their landing which then carried on moving further to the south as the aircraft descended on touchdown. So they went to land, and old UFOE carried on buzzing further south. Mm -hmm. The Argosy unloaded its cargo in Christchurch and took off again at 2.16am. About three minutes after takeoff, the group saw a bright orange light appear ahead of them. The airplane radar showed a target in the same direction. Crockett was in prime position and began filming. The pilots cautiously approach the light. So this is where you're about to see some great footage if we were a visual medium. <laughs> that's really, that's a good, it's a good little cell uh, there. But if you look on the, uh, just Insta imagine, page, just imagine in your mind's eye. Imagine a pear-shaped object. Yeah. A pear. Not a pear though. No. <laughs> a pear-shaped body shape, glowing in the light. Like if a pear was... Pear-shaped torso, 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 torso. Like if a pear was a woman who was pear-shaped... Or a and, man. And illuminated. Or a man. I think it was... I, I learned in health it was more woman. Well, it generally is, but it can be a man. Okay, well, let's not get outraged about it. You don't want to piss off sponsors, Ooh, like yeah. Lights in the Sky podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm sure cooked video... Dot co? What was it? <laughs> dot co. Hayden Cook. Dot, dot co. co. No, not co. 
just one CO. Okay, okay. I'm sure he doesn't want to be associated with your sexist comments. What? You started it. Yeah, so now I'm deflecting. Okay, it. good. All right. So now, you take might us, take us into the where this where this uh, okay. cool. Okay. See, I I picked this line. You know, this stop is just before up. stop just before the line. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna set the scene once you get to that. Okay. Go, as you were. Do you want me to say the line or not say the line? Don't say the line yet. Do you want me to say Fogarty remarked and not say the line? Or just say... Not even say Fogarty remarked. Say Fogarty remarked okay. and then I'll come Are up. Are you going to say the line? No. Well, I think you should. Maybe you should say the line. Oh, okay. You, do you know the line? <laughs> I kind of know the line. Yes, I know the line. It's one, no, no, two, no, no, three, I know four the line. words. It's four words. <laughs> just come on. Okay. Well, coming up, the problem is this is the paragraph the line is in, so you got to. I, I really, the thing is, I really want to set the scene. So let me set the scene of what the what the okay, line. Okay, then I'll say be, the line, and you say I'll the say line. The line. I'll Just say, the say line. it in a in the in the in a voice that reflects the scene I'm about to okay. lay out in front. So of you. I'll read the paragraph. I'll stop just for it to set the line. <laughs> yeah. You do your thing, and I'll say, <laughs> and then away we go. That's the thing people love about this podcast. All the stuff that you would normally have cut out from under you we leave in yeah no b-roll on this bad boy you're welcome at first the light appeared to be moving away from them slowly then they flew over it and it vanished suddenly at 2 23 a.m as the plane neared the kaikoura peninsula a cluster of lights appeared and followed the aircraft as they headed towards blenheim the crew and passengers were alarmed fogarty remarked famously and this is where you've got to imagine like Tom Cruise and Top Gun. He's up in the pilot seat of New a Top Gun? D- of a DC eight. <laughs> like they had in Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> just going yeah, for like five hours straight yeah, just to yeah. get to Wellington. Um wearing his full captain outfit. He's got the aviators on. Even he's, though it's night time, he doesn't care. He's been drinking because he's that much of a badass. He's cool. He's badass. He's, he's cool. got a five o'clock shadow, even though he's meant to be clean shaven. Uh, he whips off his aviators and he says, "Let's hope they're friendly." Woo! <laughs> See, that's how I imagine Fogarty's more like—not this shitting himself in the air. Yeah, right. He's getting yeah. thrown under the bus. You know what it is? That guy's Australian. He wants to throw the little old New Zealander no, no, Fogarty, under the bus. No, no, Fogarty's Australian. Qu- David Crockett's the New Zealander. Oh, really? Yeah. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Carry anyway, on. Anyway, good theory. Didn't, Lo- pan, didn't pan out, but good theory. Love you, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line that guy said. <laughs> Crockett filmed the lights for several minutes as they appeared to travel along with the plane. When they turned toward it, the lights seemed to react by moving away from the airplane. See, if the pilot was shitting himself, why would he turn toward it? Well, the pilot wasn't shitting himself. Fogarty was. I he's, thought Fogarty was the pilot. No, he's the reporter. Startup's the pilot. I thought there was two pilots. And Bob Gard. Oh, that no I'm one completely hears about. confused by this now. Okay, so just to remember, Captain Bill Startup is the captain. So then why was he wearing Top Gun clothes? Well, I thought he was. I thought he was just... Gristing for the just role cool. he wants, not the role he has or something. I don't know. Is that what you say? Okay. Let's imagine that then. Okay. He's a reporter for Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> He's a captain of the reporting team. The experience itself was just extraordinary, Fogarty says. Again, the reporter, not the captain. <laughs> 
just being on the cramped, noisy flight deck of the Argosy, which would make you think like he's um, the pilot. Yeah. Barreling down the coast in the dead of night was exciting. Maybe just scared of heights. Factor in a row of pulsating, hypnotic lights hovering outside the window, and it goes to another level. Sid Fogarty. <laughs> the reporter. Yeah, the reporter. <laughs> I'm clear on that now. Okay. Okay, quick quiz. David Crockett is... Uh, Coonskin Hat. Coonskin Hat. Yeah. Bob Gard is. Bob Gard. Yeah. Uh, golfer. <laughs> Captain Bill Startup is. Uh, runs Facebook. Quentin Fogarty. Uh, makes those uh, movies like Kill Bill. All wrong. Pardon? 100% wrong. <laughs> what? All wrong. You got them all wrong. Which one was the aviators? <laughs> well, you said it was Quentin Fogarty because you thought he was the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I have not done my research. <laughs> My week's next week. Get off my back. I know. It's not your week this week. It's not your week this week. That's fine. Okay. Uh, here's another character we're introducing. Oh, no. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> we're on four. <laughs> Two-parter. Two-parter. I'll Fog- save us next week. Yeah. Fogarty interviewed the pilots before flying to Melbourne to give the recordings to Channel Zero. Why was the pilot doing interviews? <laughs> the footage featured on primetime news around the world that night. Leonard Lee, who, for those who can't remember, was the producer. <laughs> Don't I look at me like that. Was the producer from Channel Zero who wanted the story done in the first place. He had the interest in uh, Frederick Valentich, remember? Yes. Of course I remember. Leonard Lee travelled to the US to give the film to old mate Bruce Maccabee. Who rings a bell because... Last week we mentioned him because the week... Prior to that, we talked about him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, He's an optical physicist who specialised in laser technology and worked for the US Navy in Maryland, Virginia. Maryland. Maryland. Maryland, Virginia. Um, Maryland. And he, he, Maryland, uh, Virginia. He featured the week before because on the episode 411, The Hunted. Um, that's right what did we call that episode Four, right. missing 411 the cleaner, cleaner. yeah because that was the first week of my missing cleaner <laughs> yeah. who has totally gone down the hole of missing 411 so he appeared in that one as a an older gentleman um, analysing some footage from a was black, it his wife his wife's Blackberry yeah uh, which took some strange photos of a predator like mm. creature in the bush so it proves it's not just Blackberries that Bruce knows he can do all sorts and has for a long time. Yes. This is 1978. Maccabee concluded the event involved unknown objects or phenomena. One would think that the conclusion that several of the sightings involved unidentified objects flying with impunity in the New Zealand airspace would have been sufficient to start an even deeper study of the UFOs, Maccabee says. But it wasn't. The sightings were relegated to the dustbin of history, forgotten by all except the witnesses and a few ufologists who discussed the various sighting events for years afterwards. Until now, in our special 12-parter. Does that conclude part, part one? Part one <laughs> concludes here. Okay. Parts 11. No, I always get confused by that. Parts, parts 2 through 12. 11 parts in total, airing in part two next week. If you thought we had credibility now... And we've just cocked up the 11 thing twice in a row. <laughs> you wait until the next 11 parts. <laughs> next week in one part. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So there's the um, 
the true story of the Kaikoura UFO lights. So what are we get? What are we going to probe into next week? Tell us a little bit. Can you give us a wee teaser? Can oh, we tease. Taste? Are we tasty? Taste. Let me let me just reach behind me. Ah, the old classic reach around. So I've been doing some digging, and by been doing some digging, I use past tense. The reason I use past tense is because about five years ago, I found this document in my hot little hand. Um. Just before I left my last job, I came across a um, sizable amount of uh, previously unreleased classified UFO files from the New Zealand Defence Force. Um, I was leaving that job, didn't care about my credits on the printer, I printed the whole damn thing (laughs) (laughs) and has sat in my bookshelf ever since. Um, It's a really interesting one. Uh, The files were... Um, flicking through what it looks like is a whole bunch of correspondence around uh, New Zealand UFO files um, by official parties uh, some of which is just maniacs writing letters to the defence force others is official documentation around certain um, events Um, so some of the stuff uh, we've talked about is um, sightings in Blenheim sightings down uh, further south uh, there's there's letters in here around sightings in Blenheim from people who saw them, and nice. there's some very colourful language when their files or their um, their letters were largely ignored, and they felt they shouldn't have been. Uh, but one of the things that's in this book is a whole bunch of reports about the Kaikoura lights, it's including including uh, in. maps uh, of the coastline um, and the official. Um, uh conclusion what's the word is it the report yeah the the official like party line that the right what's the word i'm looking for is it sort of the, the official stance of the new zealand defense yeah. force on what happened at the kaikoura lights so um we'll have a look at what the government is telling us um happened that night of 30 something of december 1978 30 30th december. and yeah onward um, I've also been uh, cooking up. Um, shout out to Hayden Cook Productions, uh, HaydenCook.co. Is that what you say when you've been, you've been cooking up? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a sponsored thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, been delving into the New Zealand uh, media archives and found uh, a little bit of audio, uh, which I can't play because it costs money to play. <laughs> um, but uh, first hand, first hand uh, accounts from um uh people who were there and reporters the very next day as to what happened back then so nice. really fascinating stuff you, you shared some audio with me earlier today and that was interesting to hear some of the classic reporting about the event mm-hmm. yeah i enjoyed that by bill startup Close. no <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Okay, well, um, looking forward to next week. See cool. what, what you can bring and see what the cast of characters you get. Shall we strange to finish up? I think so. All right. Um, just before we leave your air holes, uh, shall I flip this time? Uh, you can flip. Okay. So this is um, the segment of the show where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. I will flick to a random page. Tony will tell me when to stop and we will read one of the 
stories from the page we land on this is the segment called get me some strange you know i still think you taped over that music and recreated <laughs> it but not quite still doesn't sound quite right to me <laughs> so the music's on live this week i mean it is every week and and what is it peeling back the curtain um often the music's put in afterwards <laughs> but this week we can hear it in our headphones yes and you reckon it's different totally different what about this bit oh it's, it's the bit it's, it's the bit that gives it away that it's different <laughs> all right i've got the book here and i'm flicking now stop Oof. this is interesting um, we have landed three pages shy of the Kaikoura lights. Wow. Spook. <laughs> and we've landed on the Lubbock lights. Um, have we done... Yeah. We've done the Jimmy Carter one, so I'll keep going. We've done Lubbock. I know that. Yeah, we've done Lubbock. Um, Tehran. We don't, I don't think we've done that one. So the problem is this is the one without all the post-its marking which one we've done. Yeah, I need to bring done. the other book. Um, Farmington, New Mexico. That's a good link. Farmington, I like the name of that. On March 18th, 1950, the entire populace of some 5,000 inhabitants, including the mayor, newspapermen, and highway patrolmen, watched hundreds of strange objects performing aerial acrobatics in the sky for more than an hour in the late morning. Some of the objects, described as spaceships, streaked by at speeds calculated at more than 1,000 miles an hour, and participated in group formation flying. It's like the, a wee UFO air show there. Yeah. For an hour. That's Jeez. a long time. The UFOs disappeared before noon, but were back again in the afternoon. Newspapers reported incredible maneuverability and acute control in split-second timing by their ability to avoid collisions. For further reading, read page 128 of flying sources on the attack by harold t wilkins gotta get on that get on that get on harold um anything else to add for this week uh no but uh next week i'm looking forward to hearing some of these crazy crackpot theories so how many parts did you do of our 12 parts just the one and how many am i doing 11 mm. kind of sums it up doesn't it and on that note, we'll call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Join us next week. Toodle-oo.